T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So glad to have you. On this very, very busy Wednesday, um, biggest game of the weekend, college football, Georgia-Tennessee. Oh, yeah. The college football playoff rankings came out. Tennessee won, Georgia three with a little Ohio State and Clemson at two and four, respectively. This is the game. This is so much fun because they're contrasting styles. Now, I, I still wonder, does a loser get in the Final Four anyway, which... I guess that's not the way to approach this game. You got to approach it as if this is their one shot. I w- think there is way more pressure on Georgia to win this game now. Oh yeah, Georgia's out if they don't win. I think they're out if they don't win. They wouldn't get to the SEC title game, obviously, and I don't think you're coming back from that. So fair or unfair, hey, I don't. I know we're moving on to other sports, but going back to the argument we had in hour one, yes, about where the SEC stands. Yes, the SEC, the fact that. Oregon is number, they're number eight, right? Yeah. And that Georgia beat them 49-3. I know it was a long time ago, but to me... Opening week. But you cannot ignore the fact there's a chance that these SEC teams are much better than their the competition. Okay. So I, I don't think you can ignore that, even though I know it was a long time ago. But you have to look at that. You have to look at the, for example, the Pac-12 is behind the eight ball, just like the Big 12 is. But there's a reason. It's a legit reason because the SEC is so good. Let's get into it with Gary Danielson. Of course, he's CBS Sports lead college football analyst. And, well, maybe you can answer the question. Gary, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing good. I don't know if I have that answer for you, but I'm ready <laughs> to give it a shot. What do you think is, is like, I was railing that I thought the college football playoff committee was disrespectful to TCU because TCU has beat four ranked teams at the time they were ranked and is undefeated, and I thought that – they being seventh, I thought was too low. What about you? Um, I'm going to use the word a bit inconsistent is uh, probably where I'd try to land it. First of all, I do think um, this process of applying measurements to something that is designed to do at the end of the year, when the full schedule is finished and everybody can look at anything and trying to make apply it for TV shows to do it in the middle of the season really doesn't work. Some people, teams have, you know, tougher games at the end. Some teams have uh, front-loaded up schedules. So it's always kind of I've yawned through these things. I have to admit, I I, I did talk radio for years myself. I know it's good. To, you know, to talk about, and it is one of the charms of college football. I will admit that, that you talk about it, you have opinions about it. It really is the engine that drives it. But, you know, in, at one hand, the committee looks at 
Clemson, and they say, well, their schedule was better than Michigan, but then they say that, you know, uh, Georgia and Ohio State, they have different opinions on different teams, and they seem to apply different measurements. And you're right, with TCU, they seem to ignore something that they've applied to other schools. I personally don't get, you know, too upset about it. I think the last couple weeks, though, it gets really interesting. But right now, you know, um, if you're in the top six and you keep winning, you're going to make the playoffs. Gary, you talk to coaches and I'm sure administrators along the way. Do the schools care about these rankings or the coaches just focus on the task at hand? You know, is there any talk in Tennessee or Georgia about where they're ranked, the fact that Georgia is lower? Well, I thought for a while going into this game, you know, Tennessee, um, you know, was going into this game and saying, and Coach Heupel was going, come on, we're a 8-10 point underdog here, you know? I mean, they've got no respect for us. But when it came out that Tennessee was number one and Georgia was number three, I think that kind of shifted over to Kirby. I don't think this could have come out any better for Georgia, the way the playoff committee aligned the teams however to me you know if that's going to be good for about you know warm-ups and leading up to it and then once the game starts it's going to be a different problem but we do know this these players and coaches hear it listen to it and after the game they let you know that they've followed quite a bit of this stuff so we'll hear it after the game tennessee will win and they'll say how could we have been number one team in the country and been eight to eleven point you know, underdogs, and Georgia will go, we're the defending national champs, we're playing at home, and we're number three and they're number one. We were really motivated to play this game. Yeah, it's unique that both teams can claim underdog, you know, (laughs) in a different kind of way. (laughs) Gary Danielson is our guest, of course. He is the CBS Sports lead college football analyst. He's going to be calling Tennessee, Georgia with Brad Nessler, 3.30 Eastern time. Be at a TV at that time, and we know we all will be. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game, Gary. Obviously, you know, the easy way to do this is just Tennessee's offense versus Georgia's defense, but Georgia's defense takes a hit with Nolan Smith, who torn up, uh, has a torn pectoral, is going to be out for the season. How much does that impact how Georgia plays, or is Georgia so stacked on defense that next man up will be good enough? Well, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, Georgia, a team that throttled this Tennessee team. It's not the exact same team. But last year, I mean, in this game, they held this Tennessee team to, I think it was 55, 65 yards rushing. They had six sacks. And as good as that offense was a year ago scoring points, they really struggled to handle that front, that uh, interior line for that Georgia defense. The only problem for Georgia is the top seven tacklers in that game are all gone. They're all playing in the NFL. So, you know, they're going to line up with new guys and, you know, when you look at Nolan Smith, he was one of the key players on last year's team. He had a great game in this fall game. He won't play. However, I think if you look at the fact that Georgia is going to get Jalen Carter back, who wasn't quote unquote a starter a year ago, but most most coaches said they he was their best offensive lineman, and they lose Nolan Smith. Now you don't want to lose anybody. But I think Georgia needed that inside pass rush against this Tennessee passing game. That's what happened last year. Those linebackers blitzed inside. They had six sacks in this game. It's really hard to get to this Tennessee passing game from the edges. You must apply pressure inside out. 
So if you told me you're going to lose one guy for this game, who do you want to lose, Nolan Smith or Jalen Carter? I would pick Nolan Smith because I want Jalen Carter in this football game. Interesting. Interesting. So on the Tennessee side of the ball, did you see this version of Hendon Hooker coming this season? No, he. Re- I'm not. I'm not going to say he's to this level yet. Okay, so I don't want to be careful how I phrase this because uh, some of these people are one of a kind type athletes. But going into his senior year, Joe Burrow had a very similar junior year as Hendon Hooker, and as he came into his senior year, we always were waiting like. You know, we saw this guy play last year, and sooner or later, I mean, he can't keep doing this, can he? <laughs> Until he beat Alabama in that game and put 52 points on the board against Alabama. So this is the kind of team that this Tennessee team has. They they pretty much align the way this offense is with NFL receivers, a veteran, vastly underrated offensive line with maybe in Darnell Wright, the best lineman in the SEC playing right tackle who, by the way, had a great game against Alabama and handled Will Richardson almost one-on-one in that football game. And a veteran quarterback who seems to be just getting better and better and better and a unique offense, much like the Joe Brady offense from LSU that uh, that year put it together. So right now a sixth-year transfer quarterback is playing as good a football coming into this game as Joe Burrow was in 2019. And that is high, high praise. And we're talking with Gary Danielson. He's going to be calling Georgia, Tennessee on CBS with Brad Nessler, of course, 3.30 Eastern time. We're all looking forward to it. I don't know if this might be a silly question, Gary, you can tell me. But, you know, Tennessee, the defense looked really good against Will Levis in Kentucky. Held him under 100 yards, no touchdowns, the three picks. Did Tennessee, did the defense find something in that game? Um, I think they they found a formula for the Kentucky team, but this is a whole new ball game okay. going against this Georgia offense. Yeah. And I would suspect that I think both I think both head coaches are going to go into the defensive room and say, um, we got to think stops, guys. We we can't put yardage or points numbers on this. I think they walk into the defense rooms and say, listen, let's just pick a number. They're going to get the ball 12 possessions. It might be 14, it might be 16, but 12 to 14 is usually what these teams get it. Can we get half stops? So let's use the 12. So could we get six stops, almost like breaking serve in tennis? Mm. And of the other six, could we hold them to half field goals? So could we say, all right, they get a 12. Can we get six stops? That might be a turnover, might be loss of downs, however it is. And on the other six, can we hold them to three field goals? I'll take 30 points right now, guys. Yep. <laughs> okay. And that's how these defenses have to think. They can't get down about the other team moving the ball because as unique as Tennessee is with their offense, Todd Munkin in Georgia is just as unique. You know, these tight ends, Washington and and, um, the way they put their team together with the two best tight end combination with Bowers and Washington in college football, they're freaks right there, and Mm. it distorts your defense. So this is going to be real interesting. It appears that, you know, one team is unstoppable with this newfangled spread offense that a lot of people in the SEC used to – turn their nose up at 
around the rest of college football seems to be unstoppable. Nobody's been able to stop this Georgia offense either. Uh, Gary, last question from me. Maggie and I were both surprised to see LSU at number 10 in the college football playoff yeah. ranking. Uh, they have been impressive of late. How do you think this Alabama-LSU game plays out? Um, it's a good question. Um, Jaden Daniels right now is doing a little bit of, a, of an impersonation of Hendon Hooker with this offense. There's still a lot of good players. I don't know they're to the level right now in complete mastery of the offense to where the Tennessee team is. And I think that the way a healthy Alabama should be able to move the ball against the Tennessee, excuse me, the LSU defense, I, I, I'm calling this an Alabama game. But I, the irony is that that win by Ole Miss against A&M and keeping them undefeated and the way LSU handled Ole Miss, there really wasn't much other place to put LSU as to where they were. You know, So, it, again, this will wash out, but we have to say Brian Kelly's uh, – he is – I don't know the word to use about Brian Kelly is he – he just understands how to set up a program and put a team together. He did it at Grand Valley State. He did it at Central Michigan. He did it at Cincinnati. He did it at Notre Dame. He gets it. He rubs some people wrong. You know who doesn't care about that at all? The LSU fans, if they put a football team together. That's what they <laughs> <Yeah>. want. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Gary, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Uh, good luck on the call and have a fun time. It's going to be a great game. Tennessee, Georgia, 3.30 on CBS. Of course, CBS Sports lead college football analyst Gary Danielson. Don't be a stranger, Gary. Come on back and hang out with us. Anytime, as Brad and I say, nobody's got it better than us this weekend, that's for sure. (laughs) Nobody. We're we're all going to be watching. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, Gary Danielson. I love that expression. Nobody's got it better than us. Jim Harbaugh used to tell us a story of the Dan Patrick show that uh, his dad would walk him and John to school with no money. You know, he's an assistant coach, dribbling a basketball, old shoes, They'd say, who's got it better than us? And both Harbaugh brothers would say, nobody. So I always say, nobody, when everyone says, who's got it better than us? Yeah, I know. I I don't want to be that person, but I think he might have stolen that from Marv Levy. Oh, sure. (laughs) I know everyone thinks that at all. I always do is I talk about the bills, blah, blah. I, I thought that maybe Marv Levy had that one. I have no idea. Yeah, Maybe totally one of them be. stole it from the other one. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't tell the Harbaugh's that, though. When you I'm guys not going to tell the Harbaugh's When you guys started talking about Jack Harbaugh, all bets are off. <laughs> no, 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 I would never say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, man, stop stealing quotes from Marv. Uh, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, that was a lot of fun with Gary Danielson. That's going to be a really, really fun game. Uh, coming up, you got to hear what was going on in Philadelphia last night. The game? No, not the game. (laughs) Anything but the game last night. You got to hear this fan trying to heckle the Houston Astros' starting pitcher. You're going to want to hear this audio. We're going to play it for you next. It is Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Maggie, I have a fan question for you. Now, okay. you're, I really respect your Buffalo Wings on Sunday yeah. during the Bills playoff run. Although and, I didn't tell you, I've, I'm stopping that this year. Well, what are the rules? Like, what rules do you have? Because I don't know how to treat this Phillies run. Now, <laughs> oh. I have my tricks as a fan. Okay, but I uh, thought you have your normal sort of superstitions. You sit at a different place, you turn the TV on and off. So, right, before uh, Phillies at bat, I mute, unmute, mute. Yeah. Uh, it's a Every very, at bat? Uh, you no, must only be with insufferable runners, to runners, watch a game. Runners in scoring position. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I have all sorts of habits. Then I, I <laughs> Wait, have, I've watched games. I have totally OCD. Them. I have to stand up on the certain rug when it's a big moment for any game. It doesn't matter if it's a Philadelphia game or if I bet on it. I stand up, <laughs> then I get down, then I stand up right before the snap. I do all. What's these. your win? Like, do you know what your record is? Not good. <laughs> but we're up, to one. we're up to one, and I think most of this is about where I stand in my apartment. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying, like, yeah, I know the Phillies are up two to one, that record, yeah. but, like, do you know if your superstitions are paying no, off at all? No, okay. they're not at all. Uh, there's a great, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where they talked about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl over the Patriots in 2017. Yeah. And Jason Kelsey comes on in the last scene. He goes, by the way, I want you fans to know that where you stand in the living room affects everything we do on the field. <laughs> it was great. And everyone's just like, yeah, we knew yeah, it. Yeah, but I am, I'm a mess during the Phillies game, as you'd expect. I know, but last night you were sitting easy. I mean, no, no, no. they started like, that's cranking thing. home runs basically from out. the jump. Yeah, I know. It was 7 nothing, but immediately my mind goes to, oh, this is too easy. They're going to come back, and it's going to be 2-2. And then eventually they're going to get home field advantage, and this is all going to fall apart. <laughs> I didn't even. I'm so nervous about this team. Uh, no, wait. You guys don't see that as perfectly sound fan logic. That the fact that the Phillies smoked the Astros last night is setting up that you're yeah, that, that was, they're going to win tonight. Yeah. Okay, I mean maybe. Listen, baseball's finicky. How many home runs do you get in your life? We used them all last <laughs> night. It was such a waste of yeah, home runs. The use up the home runs. I've heard that one before. Save a few for tomorrow. Like it. Like Kyle Schwarber is not going to be able to just crank home runs. Or Bryce I know. Harper. I know. Did you see Kyle Schwarber? He had a foul ball that must have gone 700 feet. He's, yeah, <laughs> I, he's, I admit I'm a little late on the Kyle Schwarber train, but is there a more likable player in the MLB? A little late. Yeah, it's game welcome. four of the World Series, and you can't be really any later. <laughs> no, I really jumped on earlier in the playoffs. But Everyone I, else jumped on when he was on the Cubs, but sure. No, I have ahead. a million Chicago. <laughs> I have a lot of Cubs uh, fan friends, yeah. and they all love Kyle Schwarber. They all swear by Kyle Schwarber. They're like, you're going to love this guy so much. But I've, I've just been so afraid of being jinxed. I haven't embraced it. But I, I'm getting close to, the, to uh, doing that. Okay. Well, first we've got to... Okay. First we'll go to the phones. Then we've got to play the sound because oh, right. obviously Lance McCullers was off last night. Was he tipping pitches? Was he just off? We'll play the sound for you in just a moment. Maybe he was uh, a little jilted because of some very vocal Philadelphia fans. But first, Kenny is in Philly. Hey, Kenny, how's it going? going great because I'm listening to Maggie and Drew, and I'll take you two over the ticket scalper and the season ticket holder, the guy who runs around who says he's uh, he's the voice of some team. I'm not even sure if he knows what team that is. I mean, this is great afternoon uh, sports radio. I love it. I listen every afternoon, and I, I don't want to miss it. I mean, I went to my first game ever was in Veterans Stadium as a little kid. 
Greg Lisinski hit the bell out there, and I thought that was going to happen every game I went to. It didn't, and it never no. happened again. Greg yeah, hit the I, bell? The bell was so high up? That's impossible. Did he really? Lisinski hit the bell. I was there. I was a little kid. <laughs> he hit the bell, I'm telling you. I mean, you see the shot that Zwarbe hit and the, and the bomb that uh, hey, Kenny, that Bryce... I, I got to get the, get the sense that have you been there for every great Philadelphia sports moment? I've been there for a lot of them, and, uh, you know, it, Sometimes you, you know, you read a great moment and you go back to your car and your your car is upside down. I mean, that's a Philadelphia <laughs> moment, you know. You walk in, at least if you walk away with a hoagie, that's all you really want. Wait, Kenny, here's stay. another question. I saw, you know, when uh, the Phillies clinched the NL pennant, I saw there was someone climbing up a pole. Was that you? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. I, I, you know, some, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not as young as I once was. I'm still very athletic. But I, I wouldn't even have done that as a young guy. I would never do something like that. You know, I like to be in control of every part of the area I'm at. And, <laughs> uh, on top of a pole, uh, that doesn't really excite me at all. Okay, but how I mean, about if the Phillies win the World Series? How about then? I mean, they grease the poles up, but yeah. I, something tells me I think you could do it. Well, you know, they're crazy. They I saw the guy pouring uh, pancake syrup on himself. <laughs> the counter, I really, he was pouring He's like if someone didn't come out there and start throwing blueberries on him <laughs> and someone get eaten by a bear out there. He stole that from me, by the way. <laughs> I, I yeah, probably that's did. That's my you move. Know, blueberry pancakes. But the thing is, um, I really believe they're going to win tonight. They, they, Folks, you're going to hear it here first. They ain't going back to Philly. Ain't no way are they going back to back Houston. Houston. I mean, Houston, yeah. I mean, they're definitely going to Philly. But, the, but they're not going back to Houston. No way. All right, yes, well, Kenny, we got you on the Kenny. record. Appreciate you. Um, now, that, that is the voice of a Philadelphia fan. <laughs> yeah, I guess. There was a bell at the top of Veterans Stadium. Yeah, it, that sounds I, like a tall tale, like I once caught a fish this big. But Luzinski, if anybody could do it, it was Luzinski. <laughs> I remember as a kid, he was larger than life. I love just the enthusiasm. And you hear that Philly accent, which is setting up our next clip very well. Because... Yeah. You can hear, I love... That didn't seem like classic Philly accent to me. No, Kenny that's seemed a like little South, New York. No, but South Philly and New York have a lot in common. Yeah. Was, yeah. Philly's a little uh, water. There's <laughs> that's that all word. I can say in a Philly accent. <laughs> water. No, that, yeah, but that's the South Philly accent right there. I, I don't know where Kenny's from, but I imagine, I can imagine he's from <laughs> right kind of near the stadium, but that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really into Phillies fans right now. That looks like the most fun the stadium's ever been. I will give you that. Citizens Bank Park seems like it is amazing. Unless you're Lance McCullers, because he was warming up in the bullpen and was treated to this by a fan. I heard you get terrible swamp ass before every start. Hoskins got with your girlfriend in high school twice. How much sticky stuff's in that hair? I know there's something in that lettuce. Valdez, what's in your glove? What the hell's in your glove? Show me the off speed. My grandma could have rocked that. <laughs> McCullers, you need to figure it out. I haven't seen a strike yet. Philly's money line is free tonight. <laughs> I mean, what do you give him for the creativity? Well, the video shows that I think the Astros were a little rattled by that. I like that last line. The money line is free tonight. <laughs> I mean, the got with your girlfriend twice is a nice kicker there. There's a nice little gap between got with your girlfriend and just wait, boom, punchline. Yeah. But, yeah, I like, yeah, the details of that. Uh, but Reese Hoskins, he said Reese Hoskins got with your girlfriend. That never happened, did it? No, I mean, maybe they went to the same. I actually Googled if they went to the same high school. That would be a great, <laughs> great story. I forgot to you. But I think, honestly, 
Aside from obviously tipping pitches, I think that got to McCullough. <laughs> Something got to him. Billy's money line is free tonight. <laughs> uh, I I I don't know if you play for the Astros, you have to have a pretty thick skin because you've basically yeah. been booed all around yeah, Major yeah. League Baseball for like the last three years. Totally. Um, okay, so was he tipping pitches? Now this was the big thing, right? McCullers swears up and down he wasn't. Astros pitching staff swears up and down, not not tipping any pitches. Bryce Harper a little cagey on what he was saying to Alex Baum after Harper hit a home run. Yeah. Then Baum comes up and hits a home run. Here is Pedro Martinez mm-hmm. in the post game show, definitively telling McCullers and everyone how he was tipping pitches. Was Lance McCullers Jr. tipping some of his pitches? Without a doubt. This is the big leagues. We have a whole bunch of cameras. It's impossible for them not to tell the difference between one pitch and the other. And this is the difference. When you take your glove that high on one pitch, and then you don't take it near as far on the other one, then you're really telling what's coming. And actually, I'm surprised to see it that drastic. Because it takes a lot less for them to pick it up. Okay. So why yeah. why now though? It's we're all the way to the World Series. The Astros never picked. Nobody picked it up before. Nobody on the Astros staff. If this is true, right? Like, did they pick that up on tape at some point? Well, maybe he wasn't doing it. Maybe yeah, could was he just, start doing it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, everyone seems like they, or a lot of pitchers seem like they go through phases mm. where they might be tipping, they might not. But what Pedro is saying, if you're just for our radio audience, that the breaking pitches where he was keeping the glove like up by his forehead and the fastball, he was pulling it down more like by his nose. And so that's like, you know, like five, whatever that is, like a half a foot difference. And for a baseball player, I mean, it, that's like obvious as anything. See, I wouldn't think I, I wouldn't think an elite pitcher like that would change his motion this late. That's a pretty drastic change in your motion. I saw the video. I mean, you're right. It's like it's a good foot difference. Listen, I, who knows? You might not know you're doing it. I mean, McCullers missed a lot of the season now. Has been back what since August and has been playing amazing. But you never know. I mean, there was a time when people thought Jacob Degrom was tipping his pitches, and he's one of the best to do it in the sport. Yes, Amter. Being reminded that you hooked up with Reese or that Reese Hoskins hooked up with your wife twice That's in high school. <laughs> Might have gotten into his head where he's like, where does my glove go on these pitches? I don't know what to do right now. You know, honestly, if he had only hooked up with her once, I bet McCullers would have had a better outing. Totally but it different was the story. Second, that's time. second time. Yeah, <laughs> it was the spring fling and it was the senior prom. That's that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, no Philly's one wants to money see line it. is free. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, Dusty Baker, wake up. Why didn't he pull McCullers <laughs> earlier in the game? It's like... You, I know he settled in, retired six, six straight in, what, the third and the fourth inning last night. But once he gets into trouble, considering what he, how the game had gone up to that point, like, you have to get him out of there. I, I just didn't understand how you don't have the type of urgency necessary in the World Series in a very pivotal Game 3. I was really surprised by that. You know what I'm really surprised by? Reese Hoskins was in college <laughs> in Sacramento yeah. When Lance, <laughs> Lance McCullers won the Gatorade Player of the Year in Tampa Bay. Ooh, in college guy coming back and hooking up with your girlfriend. That's but it's one's in Sacramento, one's in Tampa Bay. Mm. I don't think this really happened. <laughs> I don't think that Reese Hoskins really hooked up. You don't think that heckler really I don't did, think that the, did the research? Check. Yeah, I think he made this up. <laughs> I How dare he got with your girlfriend in high school? Twice! I'm telling you, if it was just once, I think McCullers would have had a good, good outing. Meanwhile, it's been McCullers and Justin Verlander Two veteran guys with tons of experience have been one uh, guys who have cost their team. 
Anything about that? I mean, yep. the other part of it is the first part is the swamp ass on that talk. I mean, was he wearing maybe the wrong underwear? And, and maybe that could have impacted. warm in Philadelphia last night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could have been something going on there. Man. Because we all know pitching all starts from the waist down. <laughs> also, there's, you know, I was going to say, what's the treatment for swamp ass? I'm thinking that's a baby powder situation. Gold bomb medicated powder. But you can't Talc. have you can't have anything on you these days. Like, oh, yeah, but you can cheated. go into the, uh. you can go in between innings. Once Harper hit that bomb, then you go into the dugout, you go into the back. You find you the gold yourself, bond. Yeah. I don't even know how you guys walk around. Can I ask an indulgent <laughs> Phillies question? Can I? Yeah, I know. There's a lot going on out there. Yeah. Can I ask don't an indulgent know. Phillies question? Sure. What the, if the Phillies do pull this off? And I even hate saying that because I feel like I'm, I'm I'll not going to. lean in. They won 7-0 well, last night. It sounds like Maggie and the Bills. I'm I just, know. You're I, and in I'm, the World Series. No. You're not even in the regular season anymore. Meanwhile, I get I, killed because the the Green Bay Packers pulled within 10. And Perloff's like, you're out of your mind. They, well, they had oh. that game the whole way. Like, we were just Aaron arguing in the break. We were just arguing in the break. I'm like, are you really enjoying this run? She's like, well, I am a little worried about Josh Allen getting hurt. <laughs> oh. I am. Then, uh, okay, sorry. Enjoy, okay. Your self-indulgent oh. uh, Phillies question. Well, Bryce Harper, if he continues his pace, they win the World Series. Does he catapult into the game's top star? Is that too far? I mean, he's already been hovering around that. Right. He's sort of, he's more, he's a little more popular. Like Mike Trout's a better player. Yeah, but Aaron, Judge a little... is, Aaron Judge is the number one guy right now. Mm. And his free agency yeah, is going to be such year, a big story. But last year was Otani and yeah. Judge. I mean, I think Harper's had more consistency of being a face of baseball. Well, he's I, been around longer than both yeah, of those guys. I think I think there's something about like Harper's home run last night. There's just a highlight quality. Judge has it too, but Harper has a highlight quality about his home runs. It looks like he's in the home run derby. Yeah. It looks like he's teeing off. I, I wonder what this will do for him. You know MLB likes to market him anyway. I think we're, we're going to get way too much Bryce Harper after this. And the difference is also, I mean, in order to be the face of baseball, you have to kind of perform in the playoffs, something that Judge has not yeah. been able to do. So I feel like Harper is kind of moving that way. Also, he yeah. has the history. You know, the Sports Illustrated cover, the lore, the LeBron. Yeah. You know, he was supposed to be LeBron, did not deliver, and then he's sort of coming back. So there's more going on. But, you know, Aaron Judge is the biggest star this year, but the year before, Trout's always the biggest star. There are a lot of guys that take their turn, but there isn't really that LeBron guy in baseball. No, I don't think Harper can be Otani that. Otani could be that. Otani could be that. Yeah. He's he's very unusual, very spectacular. Well, now think about, like, who are the guys that you would actually pay extra for a ticket to see? Like, like Ken Griffey. Like, I used to yeah, pay to Ken see Griffey Ken Griffey. Do, yeah. But, like, you know, the Padres, am I going to go pay extra money to see Manny Machado in his contract? Of course not. I don't care. But maybe, maybe Tatis. Tatis. Yeah, if, once, once he gets back. Harper's a uh, guy, Judge is a guy, Otani's a guy. Soto, Soto, I'm not paying money to see Soto. Soto needs a little more success. Like, he's so He young. won a World Series. It was the World Series MVP. Yeah, I'm not paying money to see Soto. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm, think I'm paying to see right. Otani, think... Trout, Judge, Harper, Tatis. That's about it. There's really not a lot of other guys. Maybe O'Neal Cruz, but he sucked toward the end of the year. Yeah. It's hard. Baseball does. Baseball probably lacks the marketable stars right now. I I'm, kind of agree. I'm just wondering, like, who's the pitcher you pay to see right now? I would never pay to see a pitcher but Otani. I mean... Yeah. Otani, DeGrom, maybe? I mean, DeGrom games are special. You always feel like there's something going there's on. There's something Verlander-related that I'd be interested in. Yeah, now he, but now it's like, if you haven't seen Verlander by now, it's kind of your bad. He's been around for, like, over a decade. It's kind of like Max Scherzer. You're not having seen Verlander If yet? you really want to see Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander, you've had ample amount of time. But the wait, guys what? have been around forever, both, le- uh, both leagues. Yeah, yeah, which is why you get the ticket now before they're gone. For game right now, what pitchers ever would you pay for? The big strikeout guys, like Randy Johnson. Yeah. No, I just Noel watched Ryan. a Nolan Ryan documentary. I mean, yeah. Clemens in his prime. Cle- oh, right. The fireball. Pedro. 
Oh, Pedro. Greg Maddox. I've Pedro a bunch of times. See, I'm not sure you'd pay for Maddox. Yeah, Maddox I don't know was a grab that. ball out guy. I don't know. Yeah, he, he was. Maddox was an artist out talk. there. I know, but I don't know if you see the artistry as much when you're in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You pay to see Greg Maddox. Just draw a bunch of choppers to second base. <laughs> you got to see the fireballers, the Randy Johnson. You know, some guy could get hit. I like that kind of stuff. So, the one who's the one person you pay to see in baseball? You want to put it out as a poll? Sure. Or not even a poll. Just d- don't give any options. Kerry Wood in his prime, I would have paid to see. That guy was a That was a ball. short time, though. It was. It was like a three, four, five-year window. Wait, that we'll, put it, all right, yeah. we'll put it out. What do you think the most common answer would be? Would it be? Aaron Judge. I think it'd be Judge. Judge and Otani, I think, are going to be the two biggest answers. Um, I got a Kerry Wood story. You want to hear it real fast? Yeah. Okay. okay. It's real. It's a real quick one. So when I was in college, I was a stringer for the Associated Press in D.C., and it was the first season of the Nationals. And so my assignment was I would go to the visiting clubhouse and get quotes and stuff, and I would give them to the main Associated Press writer, right? Just It was kind of like I'm the second person there helping out. And so the Cubs were in town. And it's a Sunday, so it was a 1 o'clock game. So everyone's kind of going to the clubhouse. It's early. The clubhouse opens three hours before the game. So everyone's hanging out, and the chef is in there cooking breakfast for everybody Mm. in the clubhouse as the reporters are kind of milling about and the players are kind of coming in. And Kerry Wood comes in, and he shouts out to the guy making the omelet, hey, man, can I get an omelet with, you know, veggies and bacon, blah, blah, blah. He goes and sits down at a table in the clubhouse and the chair breaks and he falls on the floor and then without missing a beat looks up and goes to the chef make it egg whites (laughs) (laughs) everyone died it was such good comedic timing i was like geez that was good pretty good that was pretty Pretty, funny and that's my carrywood story okay uh coming up we've got so much more to do including charles barkley as unfiltered as ever we still have Perloff against the grain on the trade deadline. The unlikely winner that nobody saw coming. No one. Definitely not me. Perloff has that next. Here's a CBS Sports update with Rich Ackerman. Maggie and Perloff hanging out with you. All right. Before we get to Perloff's against the grain, (laughs) you know, this might actually be an against the grain, but it's not sports. How about this? A family in Australia had a pet golden retriever after this never goes well by the way a family in australia <laughs> yeah. a dog there's about nine thousand things that could eat this dog but go ahead no no it's not oh. that kind of story so the dog lived a great life and was a very loyal member of the family and everyone was so distraught when the dog unfortunately went to dog heaven that they turned it into a rug ew I just can't imagine why someone would do that. Like, you know, like bearskin rug, like, you know, how people have those kinds of things or like leopards or lions. I mean, I'm not a hunter myself, so I'm not really into that kind of thing. But can you imagine doing that with a family pet? I mean, is that what we want? All of a sudden, here's little Fido, who was such a good, good standing member of the family. It is now a throw rug. Yeah, I don't It's grossing me out. Like, no, no, I didn't. Sam, you're there. a dog owner. I well, first of all, my previous dog would be more like a like a sock, not 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 a, <laughs> not a, not a <laughs> pretty small. 
But I could. I, I feels disrespect. A, it's gross. It kind of feels disrespectful to the dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially if, like I mean, I, listen, we take our shoes off in our home, but like if you don't take your shoes off and you're walking all over the dog, like that's doesn't feel right. It's not uh, like an honor. It's not an honor kind of thing. It's just yeah. it's weird. Still, totally. yeah, no way am I doing that. Also, that's like weird. if anyone's had a pet, and like obviously I grew up with a dog, and when the dog passed away, we were all distraught. To have to be reminded of that yeah. every time you walk in the house. It's like people who stuff animals, like taxidermy. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right? same like, kind of thing. I love, my, I love my dog. He was great. I don't want a constant, like, stuffed reminder of him sitting on my mantle looking at me every day. Yeah. It's like, oh, good boy. It's like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Jeez. Anyway. Weird. Yeah. Are we ready for Perloff's Against the Grain? I'm ready for anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit it. Against the grain. Okay, Maggie, I got three winners and three losers from the NFL trade deadline day. Oh, wow. Now, against the grain, everybody everybody had the same winners and losers column. Obviously, the Packers lost because they got no wide receivers. Yeah, the Dolphins are the big winners. Actually, there was mixed reviews on the Dolphins. Well, I think a lot of people thought that they gave up too much for Chubb. Uh, I think the Niners were the big winners. Everyone loves yep. McCaffrey. But I'm going co- totally against the grain here, and I have very unique winners. Okay. Okay, I'm going to start with... Your Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Here's my reasoning. You know, they they're almost, winners. They're winners. They almost traded for Brandon Cooks. They have no wide receivers, right? I mean, they actually have CeeDee Lamb and yeah. Noah Brown. But now they have to stick with this run philosophy. And if you have Cowboys fan friends, they all say, stick with the run, stick with the run, stick with the run. And Jason Garrett never wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Now they have no choice. Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore have to stick with the run because they do not have any weapons there. And exactly, remember Tony Romo said they want to lean on that offensive line yep. and run on our show and made a big headline? Now they have to do this. I feel like this is not bad for the Cowboys. Can you see this as a win? Fewer weapons, better for the Cowboys. Well, I get what you're saying, and I think it's good. They need to commit to the run. They but need, I didn't they, think Brandon Cooks was going to be like all of a sudden getting 20 targets a game. Brandon Cooks is No, I know really he's good, good player, but, but I'm just saying... How much do you think that they were going to feel like they needed yes. a force feed to Brandon Cook? I think that they have this thing with Dak Prescott where they want him to be a 4,000-yard passer, yes. Okay, okay. I yeah, like it. And by the way, the I still think they're going to force feed Dak Prescott. So they're 27th in the league in passing now. They were second last year. So wow. and I didn't pro- realize it was that low. I mean, Cooper Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush killed that. But yeah. they're arguably – yeah, but Dak hasn't thrown for any yards. Uh, second winner, Okay. Tuesdays. Tuesdays? Yes. The, the day of the week? Yes. I'll tell you why. Is there anything more depressing than after Monday Night Football is over and you have to wait <laughs> three more days of NFL football? football? And it's thir- and then it's the Thursday night so, game. So what do we do on Tuesdays? We gather around the fireplace and we listen to Pat McAfee. And there is nothing better than a Packers free fall Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. We have content, Maggie, because the Packers have no chance now. <laughs> they're going to be uh-huh. they're going to be I a disaster. So Aaron Rodgers. Completely selling selling out the team every Tuesday because they're not going to win. There's they had to add somebody, right? I I tried to defend the Packers all year. I'm done. This was the final straw. They, there's apparently in on Judy, in on Claypool, got neither of them, so they're done. Lastly, of the winners, Daniel Jones because he got no weapons. In fact, they traded one weapon, Kadarius Tony, to the Chiefs. Did not get Jerry Judy that they were reportedly in on. So you know what's going to happen at the end of the year. They're going to be a 10 win team. Daniel Jones is not going to have great passing numbers. And they're going to say, wow, he won 10 games and he has no wide receivers. Can you imagine what he would do with weapons? And they are going to be stuck with that dude. Do you oh, buy this? Oh, interesting. Uh, 
I don't buy that on Daniel Jones. I think that because it's an all new regime, if they want to make a change, they could just say we're going in a different direction because yeah. they could say Daniel Jones is great. We're not. They could say we think he's reached a ceiling. They, they could yeah. say whatever they want. And I think the Giants fan base, while there are a lot of pro Jones people because yeah. of how he's played this year, I don't think anyone's like so in love with him. They trust the front office and the coach now more than like any player. But they're going to be sitting, say they're 23 in the draft. They're going to probably need to draft a wide receiver too. I think that's going to be, and that's a great spot to get a wide receiver. That's where Justin Jefferson went. I, I don't think you want to get a quarterback there if you're the Giants. I think they're kind of, they might franchise tag them. They're not a ton of options. There's no Josh Allen they're going to get. Real quick, three okay. lo- three losers. I like those winners. Uh, old men, like old myself. Men. Tom Brady, no help. Aaron Rodgers, no <laughs> help. Matthew Stafford, no help. Russell Wilson, no help. We are living vicariously, us middle-aged men, through the success of Tom Brady. <laughs> now, all, what happened to our guys here? Come on, throw uh, these guys a bone. Can the NFL intercede and give some talented players <laughs> to these teams? I, what am I going to do? They can intercede like Dickie V trying to keep Tom and Giselle yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. NFL, <laughs> Roger Goodell, do something about the Bucks stinking. I mean, it's going to be... All these guys are dead in the water, right? <laughs> um, Name one of the, those four quarterbacks. Well, at least we know Russell's going to be there for a while. We still have a long time. Yeah, and he's Wilson. actually even not that old. He just feels old. Okay, yeah. a couple more losers. Um, every sport that's not the NFL, middle of the World Series, NBA's got a red-hot controversy. So what's the NFL do? Ten trades, yep. 12 players traded, the most busy trade deadline day in the history of the league. They are not giving up the news cycle. Not for anyone, not for anything, man. They never do. They never do. And lastly, the biggest loser, and this one hurts me, certain company, certain sandwich company, they need the Broncos to be good so Russell oh. Wilson can come up with another set of social media ads. <laughs> they, if the Broncos lose every game from now on without Bradley Chubb, Russell is not going to do any more Subway ads. And what are we going to talk about? They're getting funnier and funnier. They're getting dad humor and more and dad humor. I'm going to be so sad because there's nothing better than this. It's spicy. Here comes the airplane. First of all, the fact that you think that the Broncos and how they're playing ties into the campaign at all. <laughs> yes. That you is know better than this. Like everyone, <laughs> these have all been shot and paid for, and these are running. That's our little secret. <laughs> Don't you want them to continue, though? Don't you want a new set of them? Aren't well, you at least curious? They're better when they're losing. Be but careful, the commercials. <laughs> the commercials are better. I know. I was wondering about that. Would Russell Wilson do more commercials if they don't win another game? I think they shot these in, like, July. Uh, I, I, I think know. this but is how already many did done. They how many did they shoot, though? Probably at least five. They have to be naturally <laughs> creepy, though. Like, you can't just, like, go out, like, hey, Russell, like, let's do some more creepy commercials. Like, they're creepy because he doesn't he didn't know creepy. they were creepy. Yeah. Right. So the preseason aspect, I don't know, actually. That but <laughs> He's done some weird things knowing. <laughs> yeah. Does he know? Or he's does actually he not done some. Know? He's done some Snapchats in season that are kind of weird. With that little dance he did, remember <laughs> yeah, that? Yes. So, About how much he loves playing limited. the guitar. That one. I, I didn't. I never understood that one. Um, okay, quickly, Steve and in Indy. Steve, you got about thirty seconds. We're uh, at the top of the hour. What's up? I wanted to congratulate you, Maggie, on your team uh, picking up our little scat back receiver and Iem Hines. I think. Uh, Colts did him wrong for two straight years not using him, and the kid's got a lot of potential. I think he's going to add a lot to your team. And I tell you right now, in Indianapolis, Buffalo has become must-see TV because we've all been wanting to watch him, and Wright wouldn't <laughs> play him. Now we get to watch him. I think Buffalo's going to use him. Steve, thank you. And I'm very excited about yeah. Naeem Hines. I'm so happy for that guy. <laughs> I mean, imagine the glow-up you get. It's like we're trading you. Like, where? It's like Buffalo. It'd be like, 
I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, big time. That's all right. Indy won't be long, down for long, I don't think. Coming up, did one NFL team make a huge mistake going all in at the deadline? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.